0: hi welcome to harvest church podcast we pray that as you listen today you are blessed and encouraged thank you so much for listening in if you want any more information about our ministry we'd love you to jump onto our website harvestaustralia.org have a great day so i want to continue on today um, But instead of calling it the now and not yet part two, I've called it gone but not forgotten. So let's see what happens here to Elijah, remembering that in the previous chapters just before this, we've read that Elijah has had an incredible supernatural victory, um, called down fire on the altar God provides fire and then he slaughters all the false prophets, uh, sees the clouds, supernaturally gets uh, in a place of prayer and then God supernaturally charges him with energy to be able to run uh, back to the city. And so we sort of pick it up at about that point after some incredible victories in Elijah's life, which if any of us had this kind of victory, I think we'd probably for. It would keep us going for a number of years, this kind of supernatural provision. But just after that, we read in chapter 19, verse 1. Now Ahab told Jezebel everything Elijah had done. Ahab was the king, Jezebel was his wife. Everything that Elijah had done and how he had killed all the prophets with the sword. So Jezebel sent a messenger to Elijah to say, May the gods deal with me, be it ever so severely, if by this time tomorrow I do not make your life like that of one of them. Elijah was afraid and ran for his life. When he came to Bathsheba in Judah, he left his servant there. While he himself went a day's journey into the wilderness, he came to a broom bush, sat down under it and prayed that he might die. I've had enough, Lord, he said. Take my life. I'm no better than my ancestors. Then he lay down under the bush and fell asleep. All at once an angel touched him and said, get up and eat. He looked around and there by his head was some bread baked over hot coals and a jar of water. He ate and drank and then laid down again. The angel of the Lord came back a second time and touched him and said, get up and eat, for the journey is too much for you. So he got up and ate and drank strengthened by that food he traveled 40 days and 40 nights until he reached Horeb mountain of God there he went into a cave and spent the night such an interesting passage and pretty much the whole story of Elijah is the same it's a journey of ups and downs Um, and isn't that interesting that's pretty much the human journey and so often we look at Of people like Elijah, we remember and celebrate the incredible victories. We forget that at times he wanted to almost commit suicide in today's language, you know, basically roll over and die. And so we need to remember that every human faces battles. Some people talk about them, some don't. Some people have open battles, some people have inward battles, but each human has battles that we are going to face. And so, when I was reading through this again in the last couple of days, and even this morning, I, I was just thinking: I think there's a little prophetic message in this for us men. And um, as most of you know, it's it's something that you know I want to really foster in my own life and in men around us is strong praying healthy vibrant men who know the lord who you know foster and steward kingdom things in their lives and in the lives of people around them but this takes work it takes effort Uh, and just like elijah we might have an encounter with god we might have incredible mountaintop experiences but there will be low lows and it's how we journey through those low lows that really really determine the outcome doesn't it and so this i mean really this is a roller coaster we're reading elijah i mean we've gone from fire coming down on altars and supernatural running and and even in his depression there's supernatural bread and water just provided for him when he wakes from a slumber and so uh, i mean what a what an incredible incredible story but it's not just a story it's real and this really happened. This is an account of a man who was like you and me, flesh and blood, who had to, by faith, believe for things. And when God broke through, interestingly enough, the enemy comes, and, and we hear a lot about Jezebel, you know, but I really think that Ahab was worse than Jezebel because he actually had the mantle of king and he sort of said, no be quiet, <laughs> and this is a time when he should have said that to his wife because this is something that he then became a wimp and he let, let uh, his wife take over and take authority and then as you keep reading, you'll see um, that she then really tries to wipe him out. But interestingly enough, unless us men stand in our rightful domain, not as domineering and controlling masters, but as kingdom-empowered men who know who we are, when we stand in that rightful place, the Jezebels, so to speak, may not be able to have so much sway. And we can see this, and some people might think, "In this is kind of an uh, anti-feminist thing I'm saying. It's not, because the uh, spirit of Jezebel operates through men and women. It, it operates, you can see it in the world right now. And, and Ahab is a dangerous place for us men to be. But funnily enough, and if you're married, you'll know what I'm talking about, but, but you will know that as men, men typically, even though we were born to be warriors, we don't like conflict. And if we don't actually go into that rightful, godly place, Of, I'm not saying conflict, but actually fighting for our right and fighting for what is right. And I don't mean fighting as in protesting or shooting police or anything like that. I mean kingdom fighting, standing up for what we're called to do. Then we position ourselves like Ahab. And what happens? Then evil will reign. If we don't stand in our God-given authority... And we can see today all around the world, particularly in the West, with political correctness and everything that goes with that, you can see that men are scared to stand up and speak truth. Because a lot of men don't know, am I gonna be accused of being a a chauvinist? Am I gonna be accused of this or that? And half the time we don't even know what we're gonna be accused of. And when you don't do anything, then you're accused of not doing anything. So it's very, very difficult in this day and age To know what's right to speak up for and stand up for and how to posture myself in in this arena in today's age as a man. Well, I think we can look to Elijah for some guidance. And we can see in this passage here that there will be ups and there will be downs. So when there's downs, we don't get down on ourselves. We don't need to keep knocking ourselves and think, oh, I'm not good enough and uh, compare ourselves with other people and see that maybe they're having victories and we're not. And so the enemy will try and come and oppress us. And this is true of all of us, not just men. But I want to give an encouragement today particularly to men. Do not be like Ahab. We don't hear about the spirit of Ahab, do we? People casting out the spirit of Ahab. But the, the, the spirit that Ahab took on, so to speak, I believe, gave way to the spirit of Jezebel. If Ahab stood in his rightful authority, then Jezebel wouldn't have been able to unleash her forces. Are you with me? Are you awake this morning? Just give me a wave. Men, give me two strong waves. Just, yeah, that's it. I like it. I like it. Do not be like Ahab. Ahab sat when he should have stood. Ahab didn't want to stand for what is right. He didn't want the effort of conflict. And this is the classic Aussie male syndrome. I don't want the effort of conflict. You hear me? You understand what I'm talking about? Conflict we don't like. Aussies don't like conflict. Aussie males don't like conflict. Putting themselves into a place where it's gonna take a whole lot of effort to fight this thing out. Let me tell you, we will watch our society erode away from us if males keep sleeping. Christian males keep sleeping. It's it's a warning to us. Do not be like Ahab. I'll probably say it a, a hundred times during this morning's thing. Do not be like Ahab. The reason is God hasn't called you to be Ahab, He's called you to be an Elijah. And an Elijah did doubt himself. And you might doubt yourself, I doubt myself. You know, we all have insecurities and fears and different things that are going on. But God's called us to be like Elijah, which means that even though we have doubts and fears and limitations, we trust and we have a belief in a God that's bigger than all that stuff. And that he will come through, that he will come through for the next generation. As much chaos and confusion there is in the world, I believe God is bigger. But I also believe God's calling thousands upon thousands upon thousands of Elijahs. And one thing I've noticed about God, if the men won't rise up, he stirs up the women anyway. And so men, let that be a challenge to you. It's on your watch. Your family is on your watch. Your, your close proximity is on your watch. What are you doing about it? Are you taking a stance of Ahab? It's too hard. It's too hard to d- pray. It's too hard to do this. Do you know what? Every single human on the face of the earth, when they go to pray, they're not feeling necessarily the anointing come upon them, uh, you know, early in the morning or late at night or whenever you pray. And, and yet we use that as an excuse. Seven billion people face that same thing when they go to pray. It's a human factor. The enemy doesn't want us to be prayers, to be taking ground, breaking ground and doing good things for the kingdom. So what does he do? He makes us like Ahab where we sit back and relax and go, oh, I'll do it tomorrow. I'll do it this. Or My wife, she's more spiritual than I am or, you know, all these different things. Let me tell you, we're not called to be Ahabs. We're called to be Elijahs. And this is all of us, but it's obviously got a fragrance, particularly for men. Because if I can encourage one man this morning, then that's probably a good morning, I figure. So let's just go through the journey a little bit of Elijah. Looking at this passage, we can see that one of the things that hits him, even though he's had incredible victory, I mean, it's stunning, really, when you read this stuff and you realize this actually happened, it's stunning supernatural provision from God. And that's something I want to encourage you to continue to believe for supernatural provision. I remember, um, oh, I don't know, maybe eight years ago or something like that, we were having a, a conference and one of the speakers um said i i have an anointing for and you know, i don't know what it was it was something crazy and i remember thinking at the time that is that is just weird why would you even say that it was he stood everyone up said those of you who want supernatural provision to break your mortgages or something like that and everyone stood <laughs> Yes, yeah, amazing response but uh you know when you're talking about that kind of thing but um anyway everyone stood and i remember thinking what, what do we expect? Checks to float down tonight, you know, from the tiles in the roof and, or we get home and someone's deposited 200 grand in the account or whatever. I don't, I don't know what we expect. And yet what I've seen from God is that, and I have a saying that success grows in millimetres and, and I've found that to be so true, absolutely true. But do you know what? Often miraculous provision grows in millimetres. So often we're looking for this incredible, intense, one momentary breakthrough when God's been sending little opportunities of breakthrough every day. Little opportunities. Uh, and I know Karen talked about juicing last week. I hate to bombard you with another juicing analogy, but you know we're kind of addicted to the stuff. And, um, but anyway, it, it's, it's fascinating for me because, um, as most of you know, I'm not typically a feeler. And so, um, things like, you know, when I first started juicing, I remember, you know, you look at all the incredible nutrients and everything going in and you think, you're just gonna feel amazing. You know, just like supernatural healthy Red Bull version, you know, and, um, and but you drink it down, it's like, okay, that, that energy's not, not quite there. But interestingly enough, you do it for a year And you'll notice a difference. Now, some people are different. They'll they'll notice much more difference. The same with a whole lot of things. Exercise is the same and prayer is the same. So many incredible supernatural things happen in very normal ways. We're looking for the mountains and there's incredible blades of grass right in front of us. And we've got to begin that journey. And so faith often looks very normal. Very normal. And yet it's so normal we miss it. Because we're looking for this incredible lightning bolt that very rarely happens and, you know, praise God for Elijah. He had some dramatic, he had enough experiences for all of us in the room, I think. Uh, But God, you know, he took these experiences and sometimes we can compare ourselves even with biblical examples and we feel bad that we're not having those things Let me just relax any fears you have. Most people on earth are not having those dramatic experiences. Hey, bring it on, God, if you want to do it. And we pray for those things and and we believe for those things. But for 99% of us, it's what are we doing with the today? What are we doing with the tomorrow that's really going to make the difference? And this is not some great new revelation. This is just a reminder of you that Monday's coming. What are you going to do? What does your prayer life look like on Monday? What does the basics look like on Monday? And it's such a, it's, it's such a challenge for us. And, um, you know, Karen and I, we, we enjoy challenging ourselves on some of this spirit, soul and body because we believe to be the most empowered Christian kingdom people. It's got to affect every part of us. It can't just stay in our spirit. Because um, part of our journey, and I was, I was talking to Stuart this week actually, and, uh, and something just hit me as I was talking. I was realising that actually for the last 10, 12 years for Karen and I, God has taken us physically through a journey of spirit, soul, and body. And often he'll take you through physically what he wants to teach you spiritually. And, and I've realised that's so much the case for us. He'll often have to clear stuff out to get his voice to come in. But if we're sitting like Ahab and we don't want to face the challenge and we want to let someone else win the war for us, then we won't get the victory. It's important that all of us get the victory for ourselves. You get the victory in your health. You get the victory in your prayer life. Get the victory in your situation with opposition maybe it's not a dramatic jezebel thing but there's little oppositions that we face are we going to let someone else try and fight that for us or are we going to stand up i believe kingdom people are empowered people empowered people what does that really mean to be empowered it's a fancy word or it sounds spiritual but what i mean is that we are hearing from God, so that we know what our mandate is. It's it it is a disappointing thing to think that we would retire our calling way earlier than we should have. I remember at thirty six we sold our when I was thirty six we sold our business, and I remember thinking, well, I pretty much could retire now. And um, it's an interesting thought because partly because I had nothing else to do other than pastor a church uh, and run the school and and some other things. But but, um, interestingly enough, when you're faced with that, and some of you who have retired know this, you think to yourself, well, I don't want to waste my life. I don't want to waste my life. And so then empowerment kicks in. We need to do something with our life. We need to be empowered. And the motivation doesn't come from money or a boss anymore. The motivation comes from what's within. What is within? You, we can see very easily with Ahab and Jezebel, what was within was they're threatened by anyone godly. They're threatened by what took place in Elijah's life. So what do you want to do? <laughs> they want to kill him. They want to wipe him out. And this is happening in the earth right now. Silence, cancel, shut down, anything godly, anything truthful, anything that's really rising up. And, you know, we could go off on a whole lot of tangents on that issue, but we need men who stand like Elijah. Even though we may want to run away in the flesh, we deny our flesh, we take up our cross, so to speak. See, this is when spiritual things become practical. Will we speak up? Will we pray? Will we cover? Will we do what God's calling us? Or will we be lazy like Ahab and just let someone else do it? Let me tell you, I don't want to face Jesus and him say, look, I gave you a whole lot of stuff. You did pretty good with some of it. But actually, I, I gave it to some other people because you just weren't even interested. It's a, that's not a good thought for me. I don't know how you feel about that. But I want to just stir the engines of even just men, but I'm sure women will be stirred as well. The truth is God has a mandate for every single one of us. God has a calling for you. He has a calling. If I make this particularly for men, he has a calling for you, and it's not to be Ahab. It's not to be a sleeping giant. It's not to be just letting everyone else do it. It's not to be, oh, I'm not a prayer, or I'm not a this, or I'm not a that. God God has created you in his image. And therefore, with that comes an innate knowing of God. I believe in that. There's an innate knowing of God. Some deny it, some go with it. But for us to be empowered Christian men, it means we need to be doing something with what he's given us. What are you doing with what God has given you? And here's here's the summary of my message today. It starts really with the title, Gone But Not Forgotten. Elijah facing these incredible things, then runs away. He runs away from the battle. And some of us at times have run away from the battle. But the good thing is this, you might be gone, but you're not forgotten. Or maybe your calling, or maybe those prophetic words, or maybe those stirrings that you had years ago, You've faced a lot of battles, some struggles, some trials, and you've been through the ups and downs like Elijah through the journey. Let me tell you, you might be gone, but you're not forgotten. The calling might be gone. You might think it's way off. The mandate, everything, it's gone. The anointing's gone. Can't feel anything anymore. Don't even believe certain stuff anymore. You might be way gone, but let me tell you, you're not forgotten. And the calling's not forgotten, the anointing's not forgotten, he's still exactly the same. Maybe he's just been waiting for you to return. And maybe you've needed to be in the cave like Elijah where he provides some daily bread, you know, just some normal stuff to give you sustenance so that you can get through the day. And and maybe today is a day where you can break off and shake off some of that Ahab, some of that Ahab. Because it's a good day when men realise, I actually think there's a little bit of Ahab in all of us men. I'm sorry, man, if you're offended by that. But I think it to be true. Where we will sooner let someone else fight the battle because we just don't want the conflict. We just, we just either can't be bothered or we think that someone else should. Uh, the older I'm getting, the more I'm realising, wow, I've always thought someone else would stop some of these major causes coming against humanity. And, you know, wow, look at the causes coming against Christianity, coming against things that we've held true for decades and decades and our nation stood for, eroding, 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 eroding. Until now, you know, we're in a situation where uh, who knows what the next decade or two are going to look like, but we need more Elijahs. We don't need more Ahabs. And, and men, it actually means you need to do something. It actually means when there's, I'll give you a practical example. Here's a supernatural breakthrough example for you. We have a politician in this area trying to prohibit gay conversion therapy, which basically doesn't even happen, it's a myth. But it's one of those things that will, that will slowly come into our culture, into our community. And unless we actually let her know that A, this doesn't even happen in our society, in our church. Never, never once, I've been a Christian, I've been here for nearly all of my 45 years, never once ever seen or heard of a person who's struggling in the area of same-sex attraction trying to be manipulated or convinced out of it. We're, we're allowed to preach the gospel and say what the gospel says, but that is under fire. We have a lady not far from here trying to come against that. Are you going to be an Ahab? or an elijah which one men i'm not talking to the women you absolutely fall asleep and just give him an elbow right now there's one example will you do anything what about prayer when it comes into this realm of prayer uh, i've realized that that throughout my years it's been quite easy to take the posture of ahab uh, karen is very free and loves holy spirit and the presence of god and she can pray and worship you know all day easily it's not a problem for her for me i have to sort of set some time and get a routine and you know we're different that's that's we celebrate that sometimes we you know work against that but most of the time we celebrate that by the way while you're out of the room dal i told them that, that the trees are staying ahab or elijah you may be gone but you're not forgotten doesn't matter how old you are you can still pray you can still stand up you can still do what's right you can still steward whatever you have in front of you those miracles that are in front of you are just waiting to happen they might be tiny they might be micro they might be seemingly insignificant but to God, he may be trusting us with that thing that's just in front of us. And I just gave one example. I'm not even saying we have to all of a sudden, everyone do political things. But hey, it's it's a fact of life. And if it, w- it doesn't affect us, it'll affect our kids. If it doesn't affect our kids, it'll definitely affect our grandkids. In fact, it will definitely affect our kids. And so what are we going to do? What are we going to do when we see things, when we hear things, when we when we look at society, uh, uh, one of the guys we had out years ago, Pastor Chean from California, H. Rock in California, we had him out years ago, and and uh, I remember him talking about California and just the influence California has across the world, and um, and you know, it, there's undoubtedly it's incredible, uh, and and they're at the stage now where I was listening to him this morning and yesterday actually, and you know he's really having to come against the governor of California, because uh you know they're they're very anti-christian they're trying to really shut down churches and yet other protests and things are allowed to go on so we're really at this interesting point in history aren't we do we fight sometimes (laughs) do we pray absolutely do we have a choice to be like ahab and just let jezebel reign across the earth absolutely but the choice is ours We might be asking for supernatural miracles to fall down from heaven and God may be putting very simple things, conversations. Conversations can be the most powerful things on this earth. Conversations with other people. And he may give us opportunities to have conversations with people or maybe it does mean standing up more in in your uh, region or arena or whatever and just rising up and, and speaking truth and, you know, ultimately God wants us men to be empowered with His Spirit, with His presence, with His knowledge and His truth. He doesn't just want one or two shining lights uh, around the place that might be able to stand up and cop the criticism. Ahab or Elijah. Even though there's victories and there's failures, I believe some of us might think it's gone. Maybe it's gone. Maybe that was yesterday's anointing. The good thing about God is. Is his grace surpasses everything else? We've taken communion today. He made atonement for every sin. He made atonement. The word atonement is is kind of a an English word, at one moment, combined together. At one moment, atonement. And it just means covered over. He's completely covered over every sin. Just like the atonement cover in the art. he's atoned, he's covered over every sin. It's all, if we took communion, we participated in the cross this morning, we are washed clean. And so maybe some men are carrying shame, guilt, maybe there's stuff in your life that you're not proud of. Well, that atonement, that blood has washed you clean today. And I believe that a lot of men, and I could go off onto a different tangent right now, but a lot of men do need practical answers in how to actually activate in so many different ways just little practical things and so i have done a whole course on that (laughs) but we won't go there today but i'm telling you some of it's some of it's boring stuff some of it's just really mundane stuff Gone but not forgotten. Let me tell you, things may be gone but God hasn't forgotten you. He hasn't forgotten your gifting, your calling. He hasn't forgotten the little things, even the little prayers. Maybe as a kid, you offered up prayers and stuff is so gone that it's been a long journey but he hasn't forgotten those prayers. He hasn't forgotten those desires and I believe God wants to reignite some of those things even today. So I want everyone to stand if that's okay because if you're a lady and, and this is relevant for you, then take it with both hands. Once Elijah listened and obeyed, even after he was a little bit depressed, let's say, he came out of the cave, he then went and found the double portion. He found Elisha and the double portion of that calling and gifting and anointing was released on his life, on on the next generation. I wonder how many next generation double portions are awaiting you, awaiting around you. That faithfulness is so powerful. Your obedience to whatever he's asking you to do, your obedience to stewarding yourself, your spirit, your body, your man, inner man, it's so important. I believe there are hundreds that will be affected from men in this room that will either take up that mantle or let it go. And if you let it go, you partner with Ahab. And I know none of you want to do that. None of you want to do that. But do you know what? It means getting in. I've got no other analogies other than, you know, mixed martial arts. You know, men know what I'm talking about. Mixed martial arts. It's uh, it's where they UFC fighting, right? They get in the cage and they fight. And it's not just men do it, women do it too. But, but there are times where we need to get in the cage as men and we need to fight some things out. And you might need to fight out your own inner frustrations. You might need to fight through depression you might need to fight through your anxieties you might need to fight even with the enemy you might need to let him have it you might need to tell him what you think of him and i give you permission you can use expletives with the enemy but you might need to get that inner man alive a little bit and go for it and unleash a bit of elijah and kill off Ahab. There might be little Ahabs in your life that you can analyze and see, wow, I've settled for Ahab in my life. I've settled for Ahab in my prayer life, in my health. I've settled for Ahab even in my leadership and my job and other arenas. Don't settle for Ahab any longer because we really need Elijah's in this region. We really need Elijah's in, in our life, in this whole southern area of Adelaide, it is a generally known as a lower socioeconomic depressive area and we have a lot of issues in this area. I believe that as one, two, three, as, as men take up our callings in, in a spirit of Elijah, so to speak, and we actually say, wow, I'm going to do it in the daily things because I'm not saying you're going to have supernatural breakthrough. Maybe you will but you might have natural breakthrough, and how powerful would that be? So let's lift our hands, men and women. Just stretch out your hands to the guys, and it doesn't matter whether you're a dad or not. Lord, I thank you for giving us such great men in our community. And we do ask that you would stir us today. You would stir me. You would do things on our heart that only you can do, and that we would... Completely rid our lives of Ahabs, even if we have to get into the cage and fight some things out, with ourselves, with the enemy, with those opposing thoughts and things around us. And Holy Spirit, I ask today for a fresh mantle for men. Even though things may be gone, they're not forgotten. Even though things may be lost a long time ago that you would resurrect things in lives today, that you would bring to life callings, that you would ignite things afresh in men today that we may be laid down the sword years ago, but you're calling us to raise it back up again because it's time for men to take up the mantle and the calling and the destiny of our families, of our regions, and have influence and be empowered by your spirit. And Holy Spirit, I ask that you would fill us as men with a spirit of might, a spirit of might that would be able to come against Ahab and Jezebel's and be able to stand in prayer, stand in worship and be strong in your might. Holy Spirit, I pray, fill us men, fill us men, with your powerful Holy Spirit for the little things and the big things, for tomorrow and for next week, for all of the practical decisions that we would slowly erode away any Ahabs and Holy Spirit that you would raise us up, raise us up even in this region as influencers, as leaders with strength, Holy Spirit, only you can do this. So I ask that your word and your spirit would go in deep, piercing, dividing soul and spirit, bone and marrow, and that you would go right in today, Holy Spirit, right in deep into our being, and that you would stir us by your spirit, by your spirit. I believe there's there's things that he's just bringing to mind for some today who are standing here and listening and and it, the, the thought is coming, I just don't know if I can do it. Let me tell you, that's Jezebel right there. That's Jezebel, it's the, it's the enemy right there. It's the, thought of, it's the threat of you will die. But you know what, she didn't get him. There's always a threat of the enemy, it's too hard. Oh, you can't do it, you're not good enough. You can't speak, you can't pray, you can't do this. That's the enemy's voice. Let me tell you, get in the cage today get in that cage and fight it out fight it out with the enemy because he needs to know that god is in charge in your life and it might mean you need to fight some demons so to speak you might need to get rid of some habits and addictions and things that have held you back because those things are not who you are they are not who you are so we break off shame today in jesus name We break off guilt in Jesus' name. We thank you for your blood that has atoned for every sin. Wash us clean of any of that stuff. And Lord, we pray for your spirit, your spirit to rise up in us, for your victory in all the little areas. And I just, I just decree over us even this morning, your victory. The victory, like with Elijah, those, those supernatural breakthroughs in so many areas. And we speak that over all of our people this morning. In Jesus' wonderful name, amen. Awesome. Well, bless you guys. I'm going to finish it there because, you know, I don't know if turkey's cooking or what's happening. And I forgot to call the worship team up, so <laughs> that's kind of my my fault. But, um, yeah, bless you guys. Have an amazing week. Have a great lunch or dinner or day together and uh, we will see you next week. Bless you.